Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. So next up right now, Inspiration to Creation with Nina Amir with a special holiday show. Let's bring her on to reintroduce herself, her show, and what's up for today. Welcome back, Nina. Thanks so much, Nicole. Welcome to the Inspiration to Creation show. I'm Nina Amir, the Inspiration to Creation coach. And with each show, it is my intention to elevate your consciousness by reminding you of who you are, the spiritual being having a physical human experience. As an intuitive transformational catalyst, it's my goal to inspire you to rethink your limiting beliefs, rise to your potential, tap into your inherent wisdom, and live a human life that truly feeds your soul. And I'm here to help you get out of your own way, change from the inside out, step into your power as a creator. Yes, you are a creator. So are you ready to get inspired to create something amazing? Before I dive into today's show, I want to remind you that there should be time for questions or coaching at the end of the episode. So if you have questions about or would like to be coached on today's topic, which is how to bring light to a dark season, please call or write in. I would love for you to call in so we can chat. I really don't bite. And while email questions are fabulous, it doesn't allow me to tap into your energy or have a conversation with you. So call in by dialing 646-595-4274 or email on the air at tellus.net, T-E-L-U-S dot net. And now all that information is at newsforthesoul.com. So let's start creating, shall we? As Nicole said, this is a holiday show, maybe a little different than you're used to, but December's a time filled with holidays. Christians celebrate Christmas and Jews celebrate Hanukkah. Muslims celebrate Ramadan and there is St. Nicholas Day, but Catholics celebrate Immaculate Conception Day and Buddhists celebrate Bohai Day. Mexicans celebrate Feast Day of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and Wiccans and Neo-Pagans celebrate Yule. And let's not forget Kwanzaa, which honors the African-American heritage. Despite all the holidays during the winter months, which I might mention that we also have the winter solstice, and today, by the way, I should have said this at the beginning, is December 12th, 12-12. We're in a portal right now where we can actually create something new. And of course, the solstice is all about when, when the light changes, right? When we start having more light every day. Anyway, despite all the holidays, during the winter months, many people find, them, find that November through January, especially December, is a difficult time emotionally and spiritually for them. So if we look at that, first there's the medical explanation. Some areas of the world have less sunlight during the winter, and this affects people's mood. Actually, it's not always winter everywhere in the world in December. But if you're somewhere where it is, you have less sunlight. Actually, most of the world has less sunlight at this time of year, and humans need the vitamins provided by sunlight, and the shorter days make it harder for us to get them. We end up feeling depressed and lethargic. The early nightfall in some cases then, and the cold weather changes our mood. 
there's just something different about coming home in the dark rather than in the light and being able to watch the sunset from your kitchen window as you make dinner rather than having to turn on lights as soon as you walk into the house in the evening. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Now, I suppose we could go all the way back to man's early beginnings to discover why we're so affected by this kind of dark time of year, um, you know, taking an evolutionary approach, if you will. So I once read that the expansion of the Cro-Magnon's anterior cerebrum gave them an ability to think about the future, much more so than their predecessors, the slope-headed Neanderthals. So sometime in the past, our ancestors noticed the shortening of the days that accompanies the approach of winter. And using their newly evolved ability to visualize the future, they were afraid that the gradual decrease of light would continue and the entire world would be plunged into perpetual cold and darkness. So for generations, this early community of man was terrorized by the idea of eternal winter. Our ancestors' yearly winter panic subsided when they discovered that what happened in the past happens in the future, and they realized the days would eventually get longer, just as they had done the previous year. But maybe for some of us, this is just a genetic thing. It's just coded into us to be a bit panicked by the winter and the dark time of year. So then we have the development of the oral tradition, writing and astronomical observational instruments such as Stonehenge and the Native American dirt mound. And so these ancient people were even able to predict the exact moment of the winter solstice. I suppose the pagan traditions then began to play on this ability since so many of their traditions revolve around the sun and the moon and involve solstice events. But so do religions like Judaism, which is moon-based. And of course, Christianity came out of Judaism. So maybe somewhere in our psyche, we still are tied to memories and fears of this dark time and what it could mean for us. Of course, there's the fact that the energy of winter is an inward one. Just look at what happens in nature. Trees lose their leaves and then draw in their sap. Animals hibernate. Plants such as bulbs drop their greenery and lie dormant. Seeds also lie dormant. It's a quiet time, a waiting time, a gestating time. So humans, too, tend to go inward, and we feel that energy drawing us inward, downward, making us want to hibernate and become dormant. We want to wait, but we're not sure for what. And like nature, maybe we too are gestating, turning into something new, waiting for spring and a rebirth or to grow something new or to just start anew. And last, I'd say the holidays of the winter for many people are hard if they're alone or don't enjoy time with their families for any number of reasons. If you choose to be alone or if you find yourself alone, the fact that everyone else is celebrating with loved ones can be super difficult and lonely. And that's why so many people dread the winter and the winter holidays and fall into depression. Maybe you can relate. And as, as the holiday energy rises, your energy plummets. The more the energy of December spirals upwards, your spirals downward. And this can feel like the hardest time of the year for those who have no one to share their life, let alone their holidays with. But you can take advantage of the energy of this dark time of the year. You can make the most of the energy of December and the so-called holiday season. You can bring light 
into the darkness intentionally. I like to mimic nature, to use that energy. And it seems like nothing is happening at this time of the year when we look at nature, but really we're in a gestation time. So this is a great time to work on consciously creating what you want for the coming year. Go inward. Allow the energy to draw you inward so you can discern what it is you really want, you really desire. Ask yourself, what is my heart's desire? What does my soul or spirit long for? Then, just as the fall nature scattered seeds, which just hate all winter, waiting on the sun and the rain of spring, now in the winter you'll allow the seed of your desire to be planted and to gestate. It's a bit like a pregnant woman. The baby stays inside that womb for many months before it's born. It's gestating. It's growing. In the same way, you allow the seed of your desire to remain in the dark, underground, as it were, as you allow it to grow. As I said, right now is an amazing time to decide what it is you truly want and to plant that seed and let it begin to gestate. I'm recording this not on 12-11, as I expected, but on 12-12. How amazing is that, is that, that it's in this portal where we can you know, very intentionally say, this is what I desire, and begin to visualize it because we have the ability right now to actually access other worlds, to see into the future. So how are you going to plant your seed and allow it to grow? You're going to do it with lovely activities that are well-suited for the dark winter months. You can journal about what you desire, describing having it, as if you've already manifested it, and you could meditate on it, again, imagining it already created. In both cases, you'll visualize what it feels like to have your desire, what it smells like, tastes like, looks like. You can create a vision board also, or instead, either way, create a vision board with pictures and sayings and all sorts of things that remind you of what you want to create. Put it somewhere in your home where you can see it so you're constantly reminded of what you're growing and consciously creating. Allow yourself to look at the pictures and to feel what it's like to have it, to have your desire. And you can also take paper and pen and begin mapping out the steps you're going to take, your inspired action steps, as I like to say, to help bring your desire into reality, to get the inspired results that you're desiring. Just like a gardener, just like nature, as winter turns to spring, you begin moving towards action watering, weeding, fertilizing the seed of your desire. Right now, though, it stays in the dark, underground. But it's a symbol of your desire and of the future. See yourself planting a seed, maybe a sunflower, which is going to create more seeds, and you can begin tending it, and then it will bloom, and then you'll have seeds to plant all over again. We can also take advantage of this inward energy of this winter or dark time of the year for self-improvement and self-exploration. The winter months are a wonderful time for reading, self-help books, and human potential and personal growth and inspirational books. It's a great time to sit by the fire and journal, to explore your thoughts, think about ways to improve yourself. It's an awesome time to take some online courses, take them and learn and study in the comfort of your warm, cozy home. 
And of course, the secular New Year is almost upon us. So it's a great time to think about your life. How do you want to change or alter your circumstances? How do you want to change yourself? Who do you want to be in the new year? The energy of this time of year supports us in doing this kind of transformational and internal work. Plus, just as the bear hibernates, this is a really, really good time to slow down, to rest, to nap, to take time out. You run around all year long. So maybe we should take a hint from nature. I think nature knows it needs a break. <laughs> and similarly, when the days are shorter and nights longer, we need to hole up, curl up, just be, be with ourselves, rest, rejuvenate, fulfill our wells, feed our souls. It's a super time for a personal retreat. Maybe take one by yourself or take one with a friend or two or your partner. Hole up somewhere. Sleep, think, meditate, read, be quiet, slow down. You know, find a cave just like a bear. And most people have time off during the last week or two of the year, which makes it a perfect time for a retreat. Now, I've been asked if the holidays themselves do anything to help us bring light to the dark season, like that part of the purpose of the holidays. It's interesting that most of the winter holidays involve light in one form or another. Christmas is filled with light. Christmas trees with lights, candles and windows, houses decorated with lights, and carolers with candles, all reminiscent of pagan roots or the star that rose in the sky when Jesus was born. For whatever reason, Christmas has so many lights that it helps brighten the dark time of the year. And it is a dark time right around the winter solstice, which is when the days start getting longer again, like I said. Hanukkah also involves light. Eight nights of lighting candles to remind the Jews of the miracles of one jar of oil that should have burned for just one day, instead burned for eight. This was during the period when their temple was rededicated after the Maccabees won their fight for religious freedom against the Assyrians. Maccabees, if you don't know, were Jews. And the Assyrians wanted to assimilate them. And so although the candles are lit inside the house, the Hanukkah, the candle holder used on this holiday, is placed in a window to shine light out into the world. And this serves as a reminder that miracles happen, like a ray of hope. On Kwanzaa, candles are again lit, this time for seven nights, offering more light during the darkest season of the year. And on Yule, the pagan holiday that falls on the winter solstice, the tradition is to light a Yule log. It seems to make sense, and many have speculated, the reason why, that winter holidays involve so much light and symbolism related to light has to do with the fact that at this time of the year, people need light. Days are shorter, nights are longer. So maybe part of why people created these holidays has to do with the solstice itself and the need for light. Maybe they give us something to look forward to during this bleak, dark time of the year as well, or they simply bring light into our experience and remind us that there is always light, always light. Beyond the holiday traditions of life, there's some spiritual practices you can use to help you bring light into your life and the world. One of my favorite spiritual practices is one that seems to have been adopted by most religious traditions for their winter holidays. You probably can guess what it is, giving. However, I would tell you not only to give, 
but to practice receiving as well because the two are integrally connected. Now, of course, focus on gifts for the soul if you're giving gifts, as Nicole has reminded us to do, right? Don't just give any gifts. Give souls. Give, give gifts that feed the soul, that uplift hearts, that offer transformation. Beyond that, though, we really do need to learn how to receive as well. And, the, and that's especially true if you, if, you, if you can't receive love or receive gifts graciously, then you're going to have a hard time receiving what you want to create. So the way I see it is we tap into source energy and connect with creator, divine creator, and get into the flow of abundance in the universe through the process of both giving and receiving. Source created you as a receiver of all the goodness it has to give. You are meant to receive. Yet as long as you're a receiver and source is the giver, you remain separate from source or divine mind or God or whatever you want to call it. At least you think you remain separate. And that's one of the things you don't want. You, you want to feel connected to source, especially at this time of year and you, if you're feeling alone during the winter holidays. Now, any separation from source or all that is or God, again, whatever you want to call it, is just in your head. You may have been indoctrinated to believe it, but it's in your head. So that said, the way to remove the separation is become like God, a giver. Great topic for this time of year, right? You have to give. And when you give, you receive pleasure. You receive satisfaction as the other person receives whatever you've given them. And when someone gives to you, like I said, receive graciously. <coughs> Excuse me. And when you receive from the universe or source, share what you receive. When you manifest your desires, share them. In fact, consciously manifest your desires with the intention of sharing that creation. That's how you consciously create them most effectively, at least according to Kabbalah or Kabbalah and some other esoteric and mystical traditions. Hang on, I gotta take a little drink. <clears throat> okay. So, since the holiday season has so many opportunities for giving, you can practice giving and receiving more than usual. And in that process, your life should be enlightened. The process of giving should bring light to your life. It might be in the form of smiles, right? Somebody's face lights up, right? forms of smiles that you get from other people or that you sport yourself, right? Comes in, the light comes in the pleasure you feel and the positive energy created by giving and receiving. And as you feel your closeness to source, you reduce that perceived separation and you allow more of the divine light into your life. You brighten your life with a spiritual energy that might have been lacking before. You increase the light in your life and in the world. You don't feel so alone, so disconnected. When I talk about giving, a lot of people say, well, I don't have money, right? And so if this was a tough year financially for you, which it was for many people, find ways to give that don't involve spending money. You can give of your time, your energy, your stuff, your skills, whatever you have. Give a smile, a hand to someone in need. Give support. Just give. So I just suggest really focusing on giving 
and see if you don't feel more connected to source in the process, more connected to something larger than yourself. And see if that connection doesn't bring light into your life in a variety of ways. And then open to receiving. As I said, receive gifts graciously and with gratitude. No, you shouldn't have, I don't deserve it. None of that. That's blocking receiving. Okay, so here are a few more tips to help you bring light into your life if you're feeling a bit down and dark at this time of the year. If you find yourself alone on the holidays, either put your time to good use, meaning make it into a retreat or decide you'll make it a weekend of watching your favorite movies or reading that novel you've been wanting to read or working on the book you dream of publishing or find a way to spend it with someone. Someone at your church, mosque, or synagogue would likely be more than happy to open their home to you, at least during part of the holiday, or invite them to your house. Go to a church service or attend a celebration in your community. Get out, look at the lights, do something so you don't feel so alone, and things don't seem so dark. Or do something for someone else. Feed the hungry at a soup kitchen. Go to a shelter and serve Christmas dinner. Deliver meals to the elderly. Play piano for the sick and infirm at a nursing home. In other words, stop feeling sorry for yourself and like a victim and do something for someone less well off than yourself. Take back your power and and do something for someone else. There's always someone who has more need than you. And knowing that is going to make you feel better. And you're going to feel really great when you notice that you can bring light into someone else's life. Here are some other ideas. Give an anonymous gift to someone in real need. Don't take any credit. Just give a gift. Kind of like Secret Santa, right? (laughs) Give to the needy on the street. A lot of people don't want to give them money. People who are asking for money on the corners as you drive by. If you don't want to give money, that's fine. Give blankets or McDonald's coupons, something. If you're feeling like you have nothing to be grateful for, make a list of all the things in your life you can be grateful for. Have a rampage of gratitude party. You can do something different. Do something you've always wanted to do. Clean out a closet or a drawer or anything. Get rid of old stuff and clothes, and you can give them away to charity. They say that you have to make room for the new. If you're alone or unhappy this holiday season, create a space for something new to come in. Get rid of the clutter. Get rid of the things you don't use. Rearrange the furniture. Just tidying up and getting rid of clutter or things you don't use is going to make you feel lighter. (laughs) It's going to bring light into your life or make room for light. Most of all, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Don't allow yourself to dwell on those negative feelings or thoughts. That's something you can control. You have power over your thoughts. You're the thinker of your thoughts. Choose what to think. Step into your power as a creator. If you don't like your current situation, come up with an action plan to change it. You're not a victim. You're not powerless. You have personal power, and you are the co-creator of your life and the creator of your life. How do you plan to change your life? What are you willing to do to change your life? Use the holiday season to make a list and to start taking steps to change your life. 
You don't have to wait until January 1. Start now. There's one particular spiritual practice I enjoy at this time of the year that I'd like to share, and I think will benefit some of you. I enjoy using firelight as a spiritual energy during this time of year. If you live where it gets cold in December, then you might have a fireplace or a wood-burning stove you can use. In New Mexico, where I live now, it gets cold, so we light a fire quite often. When I lived in Northern California, it was cold and damp in the winter where I lived, up in the mountains, and we used the wood-burning stove to heat the house. Of course, for most people, the nights are longer, and that makes you you know, making the, that makes using candles something more common at this time of year. So, you know, you could light them for decoration or some people just have them around the house and like to light them. And, you know, as I mentioned, the winter holidays all incorporate candles or fire to some extent. So everyone should have a, a chance to try this spiritual practice, whether it's with your fireplace or wood-burning stove or candles you have around or, you know, whatever fire... Uh, fire-based tool you might have without setting anything, you know, aflame. <laughs> but try the spiritual practice. So the basic concept can be used when watching a fire or looking at any candle, not a, an electric candle, though. Okay, so I learned this practice through my study of the mystical tradition of Kabbalah or Kabbalah. If you were to, and this is how it goes, okay, so there, there are a couple parts to this. If you were to dissect the flame of a candle, you'd see that the inner part of the flame hugs the wick and consumes the wick. If it was an oil lamp, it would consume the oil. In a fireplace, this flame, um, it hugs the log and consumes the, the wood. So in Hebrew, this part of the candle is called a chashmal. It's typically the black or dark blue part of the flame, and it represents the physical world because of its physicality, its action of burning and transmuting and consuming the wick of the candle. Now, the main body of the flame, the actual flame itself, is called the ash or fire, and it provides the source of light to the world around the candle. As such, it's the spiritual element of the candle, right? It represents the light of God. Many traditions, God is equated with light. And so the flame or fire, that's the spiritual element. And then last, third, we have the, the subtle aura around the flame. And in Hebrew, that's called the noga, the, the bright halo surrounding the actual flame. And you might have to adjust your vision to see it. You could try unfocusing a bit, almost like you were trying to see auras right, because it is kind of the aura of the candle. So you could try unfocusing your eyes a little bit or looking just beyond the flame. Okay, so during the holiday season or the dark season, spend some time gazing at a candle or a fire to try to see the halo, the noga, the halo around the aura around the flame. Now, why would you do that? Because while the hashmal turns the physical the physicality of the wick or the wood into spirituality of the ash or the flame. So that, that blue-black part, right, that is actually consuming the wick, that's turning, or the wood, it's turning it into the spirituality of the flame, the aura, right? The nova moves the flame into the realm of pure potentiality, that halo, 
So when you can see the aura around the flame, you're, you're moving into this realm of pure potentiality. It's a lovely topic, actually, for today, 12-12. Anyway, the candle's aura represents the future of the flame, the new height it aspires to be. Looking at the black part and then at the flame, you move from physicality to spirituality, from physical being to soul or spiritual level. And when you look at the glow around the flame, that aura, you're going to move yourself into the realm of pure potentiality, the place where miracles are created. So supposedly during the eight days of Hanukkah, which began on December 7th this year, you can access the energy of miracles. And one way to do that is by tapping into the energy of the candle's aura, by accessing that place of pure potentiality. In that space, anything is possible. So see your desires made manifest in the candle's glow. Speak your desires to that, to that aura. But all that said about Hanukkah and this being a time of miracles, candle gazing can be done at any time with any candle. It doesn't have to be now in the winter. But it's a great thing to do, a great spiritual activity to take part in during this winter month and bring more light into the world and into your life. Okay, so let's look at candles another way. The Kabbalists said the soul of a human being is the candle of God. The soul of a human being is the candle of God. Kabbalists who are mystics take notice when two words have the same letters or the same root. They like to see if their meanings are related in any way, the, the meaning of the two words, whether those are related in any way. And, and so what they noticed about, uh, about these words was this. So there's the, the Hebrew word for oil is hashemen, or um, I'm trying to know how to pronounce it. Hashemen, I believe is how it's pronounced. And so that means oil. H-A-S-H-E-M-E-N. And the Hebrew word for soul is neshama. Same letters. The two words use the exact same letters. H-A-S-H-E-M-E-N, oil. N-E-S-H-E-M-A-H, soul. So they have the same letters. And the mystic said that this means that the oil and the soul are related. Of course, at that time, the mystics used oil lamps. <clears throat> Oil is the energy being burned. So if the soul of a human being is the candle of God, then the soul equals our energy like the oil. It's our fuel to do things and to get through things. It provides our potential to get through when things seem the darkest, to see the light when things seem the darkest. So let's look at how this relates to the holidays we celebrate at this time of year, during this dark time of the year. For the last 2,000 years, Jews have lit candles on a moonless night at the darkest time of the year. No matter how bad things looked, they remembered the miracles of the past and knew that God would deliver them. You could say the same thing about Christmas and Christians. Christians remember the birth of their Savior at the darkest time of the year. Hanukkah, much like Christmas, really demonstrates the certainty of light even in the greatest darkness. We remember that even when things are the darkest, the light always comes. The days always get longer, just like early man figured out, right? I talked about it at the beginning of this episode. 
And interestingly, both Christmas and Hanukkah fall at the darkest time of the year, as does Kwanzaa and all the other holidays I mentioned. Fall at the darkest time of the year when the days are the shortest. And this is to help us find the light within the darkness. These holidays celebrate God's miracles, God's hand in events, even in difficult events. So the lesson seems clear to me. If we can uncover the spiritual opportunity hidden in life's challenges, we will be strengthened and transformed. Our soul will give us the energy to continue moving forward. It will provide a light to show us the way. On a large scale, the winter solstice helps humanity find the light of faith in the darkness of despair. Sometimes we find ourselves in the dark and we feel despair. We just don't have the energy to light the candle, to do what it takes to ignite the fire that transmutes the oil into something else that moves us forward and lights our way. Our soul may be God's candle, but it's also a spark of God, a small flame burning inside us made from the divine flame. So as long as the soul is still in you, you have what it takes to get through. The compass have a nice teaching that corresponds to this. On the first night of Hanukkah, the Jews light just one candle, one light. But in fact, there are two, two candles. Because there's a helper candle that's used each night to light the other candles. So we have eight nights of candles, but when they're all lit, there are nine because the helper candle is always there as well. It lights the first candle and all the others, and it never leaves any one candle to burn alone. The help of candle is symbolic of the divine feminine, the indwelling presence, and she comes to see to it that each night has its light. In the same way, she stands with each soul to give that soul exactly what it needs to keep shining, to give it its oil. She ignites each soul out of her own essence and does all she can to keep them all lit. Just as the helper candle lights the other candles, just as the divine feminine lights our souls, we can ignite the souls of others. We possess the potential to help others, to fuel others without diminishing our own energy source. I've heard it explained this way, that a candle rising up on its own can have an infinite number of other candles lit from it without detracting from its own fire. I'll say that again. A candle rising up on its own can have an infinite number of other candles lit from it without detracting from its own fire. Each night of Hanukkah, Jews add another candle until they have eight. During Kwanzaa, the ritual is much the same. By the time these holidays come to to, to an end, those celebrating those holidays have a beautiful light a special, special candlelight. And they could use that light for candle gazing. And so I'd like to end today by leading you on in in a candle gazing meditation. And, And I understand not everyone will have a candle, but you can use one candle and adapt it for use with a fireplace. You can return to this episode at any time to re listen to it if you don't have a candle handy. Okay, so, but right now, if you don't have a candle handy, you can just close your eyes and imagine seeing one burning on the table in front of you. Okay? 
So what I want you to do is, you know, we're going to do this candle gazing meditation to, together. And again, just visualize a candle if you don't have one. If you have one nearby, go ahead and take a moment and light it, okay? Okay, so we're going to take a few deep breaths and get centered and present, okay? So take one deep cleansing breath in through the nose, out through the mouth. Just let everything go and get centered. And so take just a moment and feel, um, as you're breathing, you're, sorry, so you're going to take that deep breath, get centered and present. Sorry, I needed to get centered and present. And now take two or three more breaths, and I want you to breathe in through the nose to a count of seven, and then hold for a second, and then breathe out to 11. So it'll be like this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, in. Hold, breathe out. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Breathing in through the nose for seven. Breathe out through the mouth through eleven for eleven. Do that two more times. I want you to just imagine beautiful white light coming in through the top of your head, flowing down over your face and shoulders, down your torso and arms, over your hips, down your legs, past your ankles and feet, and down, down into the center of the earth, where it is met with a beautiful green light which comes up through the earth, up through the bottom of your feet, up your legs, up your torso and arms, over your shoulders and face, and up out of your head, up, 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 where it's met with the white light. I want you to imagine that white light flowing down and the green light flowing up in a circular fashion for just a moment. experience that. Lights flowing in and out and in and out. Okay, so now visualize in front of you a lit candle. Or if you have one that is lit, you can open your eyes and you can stare at it. Okay? So look at the center of the candle the hashmal, where, it can, where it's blue and black and close to the wick, and where it's, it's burning the wick, where it's transmuting the energy. Very center of the candle, where the flame is burning the wick. Allow the light of the candle to shine on your own life. Imagine it's illuminating your life so that you can see it more clearly. And now consider, where is your energy being consumed? Where is it being burned up? 
you don't have it to use for other things. And where should you be placing your energy? Where do you want to place your energy? Where would it best serve you to place your energy? And what provides you with a source of energy? Like the candle, is it oil? Is it a wick? Is it the wax? What in your life is a source of energy for you? Make note of these things. And now I want you to look at the ash, either in your mind's eye or the candle in front of you. The ash is the flame itself, the spiritual center of the candle that sheds light on the world. Look at the flame flickering and allow it to shine on your life and your world, your immediate world, your circumstances. Again, illuminating your life. What do you need to see more clearly? Where do you need to take that candle and see beyond the shadows? Again, looking at your life through the candlelight, has your soul been ignited by something or does it need to be ignited? Do you need a helper candle to ignite your life? Or is it already lit up? And do you need more light in your life? If you're looking at an actual candle, I want you to close your eyes briefly and then reopen them. If you're Doing this as a visualization, just imagine you're closing your eyes briefly and reopening them, and then try to see the noga, the aura around the flame, the part that exists in pure potentiality. See that aura, that glow around the flame. What does it tell you about what you are becoming? What does it tell you about your soul's purpose? In that aura, can you see the potential in your life and what you're creating? If you're actually looking at a candle, close your eyes now. In either case, I want you to imagine you are a candle. Your body is the candlestick and your soul is the flame. As you identify with this candle, experience yourself as a great light. Visualize the light of your soul radiating and shining brightly in this world. How will it help light other candles? How will it ignite the souls of others? See yourself like the divine feminine, lighting other candles, other souls, without ever diminishing your own light, your own energy source. In fact, see your flame burning more brightly with each candle you light. 
see your flame growing taller and stronger and feel the increased energy within you, increased spiritual force, the growing potential, the light. Take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And allow the vision to fade. The vision of the candle. I'll pull your eyes away from the candle in front of you if you have a physical candle. But I want you to retain the feeling you had during this meditation, during this candle gazing. If your eyes are closed, you can wiggle your toes, move your shoulders. In either case, come back to your reality and normal awareness. So I'm going to leave you with that meditation. I hope you'll use it during this time of the year and that, that the, the tips and information I've shared with you are ways for you to bring light into your life during this dark time. And I'm going to see, we have a few minutes, I'm going to see whether we have any questions or any people who've called in. Nicole, are you there? Nicole? Hello? Yep. Any questions or comments or... People yeah, calling in. Uh, I have a question. My name is Melissa. Um, if I if I do the uh, uh, candle, uh, uh, um, what what is candle the to manifest? Can I use white? White is perfect. And right now at this time of the year, I think white is is nice because it in a, in and of itself it's light, right? If you pick a green candle, which some people would do for money. You know, they it's a darker color, right? So I would go with white or yellow only because of the brightness, right? But if you want to pick a color based on, you know, you can do any research you want online, you know, to see which color candles are good for whatever, that's fine. But I would be sticking with the white myself personally because of the spiritual nature of it and the fact that it's brighter. Does that make sense to you? Yes, yes. And um, Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Question. Um, when you're talking about candles, um, is it okay to have few candles with different purposes or I just need one with all my intention and my purposes? You can do it either way. You could do, um, if you want to just do candle gazing to tap into that aura and the, the you know, potentiality of that, you could just have one candle. So maybe you have your white candle for that. And then maybe you uh, purchase several candles. And they can be the seven-day candles or they can just be, you know, normal tapered candles. But you could get one for each of your intentions. I would stick, though, to, you know, like three intentions or five at the very most so that you can really focus in on them. Because if you get too many candles and too many intentions, too many things you want to create, your energy is going to be dispersed. So I would you know, stick with less. But I hope you understand what I'm saying. So you could do the white one, for instance, just for the candle gazing exercise um, alone, and then set your other candles up, and you could do the same exercise gazing at the aura and all of that um, you know, at a separate separate time. Does that make sense to you? That's beautiful. Last question. Uh, I, I before did a candle gazing and I heard voices. Well, that's cool. <laughs> what kind of voices <laughs> did you hear? 
I, I like uh, so someone that was talking about me. I I I didn't uh, uh I didn't I didn't ask for that. I was just trying to make sure everything is good standing, and I just started hearing person's negative words. It was just uh, you just heard talking. You didn't you couldn't discern what they were saying. Oh, uh, I only picked up maybe eight words in twenty minutes, but but the camera okay. was making. <laughs> So were you scared or were you like to have, would you like to have that experience again more consciously and intentionally? Yes, I like them experience more because uh, I, I felt a relief after it burned down. Yeah, so, so uh, I, would set a can- I would light a candle and I would set the intention of connecting with your spiritual guides or your ancestors or whatever... Um, energies are there that are that want to serve you that have your highest good as their intention okay so you know you could do some kind of um, shielding if you want but I always find that by setting the intention that the only things that are going to show you know the only spirits or whatever are going to show up are those with your highest good as their intention that nothing bad will come in so you don't have to be scared but it doesn't sound like you're scared and I would just ask say I would like to hear from my spiritual guides or my ancestors or whoever it is who would like to speak to me who has my highest good as their intention and then be open and receive. Got it. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Definitely. You're very welcome. Thank you for being (laughs) courageous enough to call in. I think you're my first who's ever been brave and called me. So thank you. I appreciate you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you, too, and may they be filled with much light. Oh, thank you. Hey, Nicole, we have anything else? Okay, doesn't seem like it, and it is uh, 10 till. So I want to thank everyone for listening, and I will end by saying that I believe the world needs more light now. During this time and always, we need more light. It's imperative for all of us to become light bearers or light workers. I always say personal growth leads to spiritual growth. So as you learn to work with your human self through personal growth, you allow more of your spiritual self to express itself. And that's when the light of your soul begins to shine more brightly. And you can use it to brighten the lives of others and the world. So I am such an advocate for both personal and spiritual growth coaching and programs to go together, work on yourself, and you're going to open your open to the spiritual side of your nature, work on your spiritual side, and you're going to find yourself confronted by the human ways you stop yourself from experiencing your connection with all that is, with source, and shining the light of your soul. You're the only thing standing in the way of being the person you know you can be, want to be at your essence. Your human self is the only thing stopping you from allowing the light of your soul to shine fully on your life and on other people's lives. Your humanness, your mindset and habits are what stop you from expressing your spiritual essence. Believe me, I know this from personal experience. I always am teaching what I need to learn. (laughs) And that's why I created the Inspired Creator Community, to offer personal and spiritual growth coaching and training to those who want to fulfill their potential and live lives of soul alignment and tap into their power as divine creators and shine their soul light brightly. 
in the Inspired Creator community, I pull back the curtain on my own life, and I always share honestly and authentically. And as you know, I'm a certified high-performance coach and an intuitive transformational catalyst. The coaching I provide is always about helping you step, in, step into being the person you know you can be, know you want to be, so you can fulfill your potential and purpose and access your powerful creative ability. It's about being a creator and a person who can express as a spiritual being having a human experience. Creating transformation requires a holistic strategy that addresses all of who you are. That's when quick and lasting change occurs. The Inspired Creator Community offers live coaching three times a month with me, not some other coach, as well as recorded spiritual trainings to help you step into your power as an inspired creator and create a life that feeds your soul and that's spiritual guided and filled with light. Feed your soul and your light shines ever brighter and you can make a bigger difference in the world. If you want to find out more about the Inspired Creator Community, go to ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. I'm going to spell it for you. N-I-N-A-A-M, like mother, I-R.com. So two A's in the middle, ninaamir.com forward slash J-O-I-N-I-C-C. ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. Right now you can join anytime. Everything has been recorded and archived. This could change in the new year, but that said, right, the right or the best time to join is when you feel that intuitive nudge, when your soul whispers in your ear that it's time to change, time to transform, time to be who you're meant to be, to fulfill your potential and purpose, to create what you truly desire and what is for your highest good, to shine your light fully. You probably realize your soul is pushing you in that direction right now. Trust that intuition. How much longer do you want to wait to step into your power as a creator, to move your human nature out of the way so you experience your spiritual nature? Where will you be in six months or a year if nothing changes, if you don't change, and you continue to dim the light of your soul? In the Inspired Creator community, we focus on changing from the inside out. As you transform, your life transforms. What if you don't experience that transformation soon, within the next six months or a year? What if you never change, grow, transform, become who you're meant to be and do what you're meant to do in this lifetime? You probably realize you may come to the end of your life and have regrets about not showing up this lifetime as your best self, not pursuing your passion, not expressing fully. I don't want that for you or for me, and I don't want it for, you know, I know you don't want it for yourself. So if you agree and feel the push towards achieving your potential and fulfilling your purpose and shining your light out into the world, living a life that feeds your soul, don't wait another month, another year, another minute. Become an inspired creator and join the inspired creator community at ninaamir.com forward slash join ICC. And as part of my, uh, part of um, my two uh, episodes in December, this one and my next one, um, if you sign up and you send me an email saying that you heard the show on, on News for the Soul, I will give you a 30-minute intuitive reading as my gift to you, free of charge. Offers good through December 31st, okay? If a membership program isn't right for you, reach out to me at my website, and please follow me on social. Just search for Nina Amir or Inspiration to Creation Coach. And I want to thank you so much for listening. I wish you... Happy, happy holidays. I will talk to you again in two weeks. But until then, 
shine the light, allow the light in, receive it, and until I talk to you next, go out there and achieve more inspired results by creating yourself and your life intentionally and shining your light. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show.